Week one of Redskins training camp. Welcome to the DMV Sports Roundtable. Our partners in crime, Jamal Bowens and Chris Chion, will roll in a little later. I'm Dimitri Sotis, and we are on Skype with George Wallace from camp in Richmond. Georgie, uh, two exciting things that I've heard about, and I haven't been studying you know, hard. One is the one-handed catch by Terrell Pryor, and then uh, Williams pretty much uh, driving Junior Gallette into the ground <laughs> during practice. Would you agree oh, yeah. that those, those are the two biggies, or have you seen much more? Yeah, no, Demetri. I mean, it's it's that's the. I tell you what, the uh, Terrell Pryor catch yesterday was something else. I mean, it just with such ease. And when you're six five, you can kind of do that. You and I aren't six five. We can't do that. No. But uh, <laughs> he went up with ease, caught that ball one handed in the end zone from Colt McCoy in the fade. And I tell you what, fans are going to be pretty excited to see that because that's just another threat that he is. Uh, that he poses, especially in this red zone, you know, with the height. And if Kirk Cousins just throws the football up to him, he goes to get it. And the other thing that you mentioned with Trent Williams and Junior Gallette, those one-on-one battles, I tell you what, they're a lot of fun to watch because Gallette is, you know, trying to get back from the injury, which he had the last couple of years. He feels explosive. He's probably not all the way back yet, but as he told us the other day, that there's no better test than going up against Trent Williams, who's probably the best left tackle in the NFL. So you, it's just a chance for him to get better and test himself. And Trent actually spoke today and said, you can tell that Gallette is maybe not all the way back, but he's, he's uh, elusive. He's quick. He's got a lot of speed. So it's a good test for Trent as well. Uh, during these battles. But those are the fun ones to watch. There's one-on-one battles with the line, for sure. Yeah, just to give a little history, I mean, Gallette has been with the team a couple of years now, but we haven't seen him play really anywhere because no. of uh, repeated injuries. Uh, how is everybody taking that? I mean, one would, would be, uh, you know, on one hand, say he's going to be very ginger, very careful, but on the other hand, you got to work out and get ready. Yeah, no, I, I think that he is... Um, it's basically a non-issue, he said, for him now. Because the doctor told him after the third or fourth month of rehab, there's like a 2 to 3% chance you're going to re-tear it because it's so much stronger. So he said he's not even thinking about it. And to your point, two years ago he got hurt before the first preseason game, I believe it was. And then it was towards the end of summer. We haven't, we haven't seen in, in many games at all. And then last year it was right before camp. <coughs> Excuse me, right before camp. They came down here. He's working out on his own and retour his Achilles. So you can just tell that he is that much. He's so excited to be back. He's so excited to be able to contribute. And if he can get to full speed or close to it, those edge pass rushers, I mean, that's just going to be that's going to be a big help for the Redskins. You know, uh, this is the time of year when everybody's undefeated, and so you know we can we can dream these beautiful things that you're talking about. Uh, but then, you know, it doesn't take much to go back in your memory and think about the pick that kept us out of the playoffs last year. It was against yeah. the Giants. The Giants had nothing to to play for, and so you know, I hate to be too much of a wet blanket, but uh, I guess now is the time to to dream and kind of have fun with it. Oh yeah, and I think that. You know, the Kirk Cousins thing, the contract thing is is behind everybody for now. The only time that'll come up is if, you know, as we've talked about before, if he has a couple bad games here and there and it's if it's bothering him. But there's so much unknown on this team, which I'm very excited to see how it's going to all play out because, you know, you lost to Sean and Pierre. That's fine. But then there's still plenty of depth right now at wide receiver because of Pryor and Doxson, who's looked very good in camp, by the way. He's coming back after only playing two two games last year. Uh, that's going to be a big help. You know, Rob Kelly is the first full season as the starter running back. Samaj P. Ryan's going to push him, you know, the rookie out of Oklahoma. And on the defense, you have a new defensive coordinator in Greg Minuski, and then you've got, you know, Jonathan Allen on the line, um, 
Ryan Anderson, his Alabama teammate at, at linebacker, I mean, and then DJ Swearinger at the safety position. So just so many question marks, so many unknowns, which is, is going to make it that much more interesting and, and a, you know, a fresh start. But, yeah, to your point, I mean, it's all going to come up if, look, this schedule's tough, and we've talked about it. It's a very, it's a tough schedule, and, uh, you know, there's so many new, as we just talked about, so many new uh, aspects to this, this team that, you know, who knows? You, you can't really afford a slow start because of the schedule and, is it going to take that time to, you know, for, for for things to gel? I mean, Jay Gruden's calling plays. That's different from last year. I mean, there's just a lot of different things that are going to unfold, and it's going to be interesting to see how they do. All right, Jamal Bowens just uh, rolled in. And, Jamal, to give you a quick summary here, we were talking about the one-handed catch by Terrell Pryor. Right. We were talking about Junior Gallette and whether he's going to actually be healthy this time. And that's about the time you rolled in. I mean, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Well, the thing that, that I'm as positive about, you know, what I'm seeing in Georgia actually there, you're seeing it firsthand. But from the reports I'm getting and, and I'm seeing uh, from you and, and other uh, beat reporters and, and all these snippets and, and the, the, you know, the highlights that we're seeing being posted online on Twitter is that the guys that we wanted and needed to be healthy, uh, Jordan Reed, the exception, but the guys that Galette, you know, would he be healthy? He's looked great so far. Doxon, would he be healthy? He has looked like the number one pick yes. that we thought he would be. And prior, him and Pryor have looked like absolute monsters um, against good secondary players. They've made Norman look crazy a couple of times and Crowder. Crowder also has, has played well, but I've seen some, some clips where they've gotten Norman a couple of times. They've gotten Breland, Breland and... Uh, Dunbar and it's they're putting the ball up and there's just nothing they can do. Doxon has incredible body control in the way that he runs his routes and the way that he goes up against the ball. And Pryor is just he he's just an athletic freak. And the thing about that is that scary is he's only scratching the surface of how good he can be as a wide receiver. Right now we're seeing, you know, he can dominate just about anybody. But when he gets his craft honed and, and his routes down, and you can tell he's been working. You know, it's it's one of those things where these two could put up 10-plus touchdowns apiece this year, and I wouldn't be surprised. But what I do want to ask you, George, is since you're down there, for the fans that uh, were not lucky enough to get down there to Richmond uh, and, and witness uh, training camp, for the fans that may not have been paying attention to some of the reports that are coming out of camp or haven't been, uh, you know, really paying attention, can you give me two guys, two under-the-radar guys, one offense, one defense, that have jumped out to you so far in camp that they could keep an eye on for, uh, especially next week with the preseason coming up? I'll tell you what. Uh, you know, he's a draft pick, and there are a lot of question marks, but some IJP Ryan guys, I tell you, he's going to be something fun to watch. Mm -hmm. He is hes a very physical guy, and Chris Thompson told me today, asked him about – how he's kind of coming along and he said that as soon as they put the pads on it was like night and day for p ryan's like man he's here to play like this guy is physical i think he's going to push kelly i think it's gonna be a great combination and i think the redskins are gonna you know if if he can stay healthy i think he's going to contribute to this team for sure especially out of the uh out of the backfield i think you know the wide receiving position even you know with these guys that we just talked about they're still deep i mean you know, Mo Harris is, is still hurt. They signed quick in the offseason. I mean, and, and Terrell Pryor said it last week to us. He said, look, I told Ike Hillier the position, the wide receivers coach, because you guys are going to have a tough job because everybody can play in this position and in, in this um, 
in this position group. And Ryan Grant's been getting a lot of the right of the reps with Jameson Crowder out. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be another fun one to watch. On the defensive side, Ryan Anderson, I think the last couple days, has played really well. The rookie out of Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, uh, you know, going to be pushing – for some time, I mean, it is a deep, it is a deep linebacking core, of course, with you know, especially if Galette's healthy. But keep in mind, Trent Murphy's going to be out for the first four games. Right. So you got Preston Smith, who looks to be a little bit stronger this year as well. Uh, you know, Ryan Kerrigan, you know what he can do, and and Will Compton in the middle, and uh, Mason Foster. But yeah, Ryan Anderson looks good. I think Kendall Fuller has I've come back yeah. uh, and is playing. Uh, I mean, I think, and Jay Gruden even mentioned the other day that he's kind of caught his eye as far as uh, the improvement there in the secondary. So and he's there's healthy a, there are a couple guys that are, you know, that, that fans are going to be interested to see, especially that the way they've come back. And I, I tell you another guy who's getting a lot of run uh, as far as the, on the improvement side, and it's a position they need is Joey Mbu on the defensive line. I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. Well, what, so, well, tell me a little bit more about Mbu because that's some of the question marks that we do have. We got Jonathan Allen. Um Outside of him, everyone else is pretty much. You don't know who the nose is going to be. Um, you you brought in McLean and, and, and McGee. McGee we, yeah. we know what Ziggy Hood is. I mean, he's a solid player, but he's not necessarily anybody that's going to make a huge difference as a starter. So right. alongside Allen, I've heard a lot about Mobu. Can we possibly be looking? I've heard Ionitis has improved or is looking better along that line. So what can we look for uh, in in terms of starters to go along with Allen up front? Yeah, I think that you're right. I mean, you know, with McGee and McLean, I think those guys are all just going to kind of – I don't think anything's set. How about that? Okay. I don't think anything is officially set. I mean, I think Ziggy Hood is, you know, playing well. I mean, you know what he can do, as you mentioned. I forgot but to Mbou, mention I Anthony think, Lanier as well. I'm sorry. I forgot to yeah, throw Lanier you know in the mix. And Lanier, it's funny you mentioned that because Trent Williams mentioned him this morning about how much stronger he has gotten. And, uh, you know, when they when they do these kind of drills that he's noticed him – uh, as well as in Boo. So I think, you know, he's a guy that's um, both those guys have, have, have gotten stronger over the offseason. And for a position group that's, you know, so many question marks up front, I mean, I think all those guys can contribute. That's going to be another tough spot. I mean, Jay said the other day, he goes, nothing is set along that defensive line. I mean, you know, even the Allen's going back and forth with the ones and twos. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Trent mentioned today about how much of a quick learner he is. Which is very interesting. I mean, but look, I mean, look at the pro- look at the program he came from. So oh, exactly. I expect him. Yeah, I expect him to contribute, and uh, Brian Anderson as well. One name that I haven't heard a lot about, and he is he managed to escape the active pup list, is and I was looking forward to him was Fabian Moreau. I haven't heard a lot of his name mentioned uh, during camp, and he's not on the pup list. He has a pectoral injury uh, coming into camp or coming in OTAs rather from. Uh, tearing it in his pro day on the on the bench press but i haven't heard a lot about him and i had high hopes for him or still do have high hopes for him but i haven't really heard much have you seen much from, from uh, fabian i'll be honest with you i haven't noticed him i mean uh, that's you know and that's not that's just me not yeah noticing him. I mean, you know what i mean i mean i'll have to now that you mentioned his name it's it's it hasn't even been a name that's kind of popped in my head so i'll have to take notice of that i've heard hosley hosley's name has popped up a few times and yep. as, as long as, as as well as DeShazer Everett, which Everett. we he have been good, talking nice about pick. Everett for about nice, two years. He had a nice pick yesterday. Yeah, I, I've been, you know, thinking for the last maybe season and a half or last two seasons, why is Everett not getting more time, especially last season when we really had, you know, guys off the street, you know, playing in, the, in that secondary. And he, he's gotten <laughs> yeah. in the games and he's flashed and he's, he's showed that he can play. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all that uh, that his name has, has, has popped up. At all. And you know what? It's like it's a thing, and I, I think it, it this goes a long way. Is 
a lot of these position groups are are deep right now, yeah. and I think that you know the competition is just bringing it out because guys know, yeah, you're competing here, but you're also competing and trying to put stuff on tape for the rest of the league, right? Right. So these guys, the the competition is bringing them out. I mean, these 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 eleven on eleven sessions have been very very spirited as I was writing the other day. I mean, these, uh, you know, the defensive guys jump in. I mean, Swearinger's bringing yeah. a lot of swagger to that. I've, I've heard side. that a lot. And I've heard his communication is, is wonderful for and He's, he's quarterback in that position and he's become the tone setter almost uh, in that secondary. And that's, that's what we've been missing, you know, yeah. back there. And, you know, uh, D hall was that, but he wasn't there last season. And just the intensity that, Swearinger's always played with great intensity. The problem in Houston was when he came out of college, he had some Sean Taylor in his game. When he got to Houston, he was a little immature. He looked more like Brandon Merriweather and was a little out of control and hitting people (laughs) in the head and all that. But since he came from Arizona, uh, went to the Cardinals this past season, he seems to have matured tremendously and 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 has really stepped up. He mentioned yesterday about how he hopes this, he thinks he's found a home here, and it's been a long journey. The four teams he's gone through, and yeah. uh, he's learned a lot along the way. And and you can tell when he steps on the field that he's a leader back there. And he knows. He mentioned too, you know, it's still Josh Norman's secondary, mm-hmm. and yeah, you have to kind of careful when you come into a new situation like this. But he uh, guys look up to him for sure, and I mean, he sets the tone, especially with you, the talking. I mean, you, it's just you, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, you've got to have that quarterback yeah. at that safety position that gets everybody set up, and he. You know, it is Norman's secondary, but you got to have that quarterback at, at the safety position to get everybody lined up. He's behind Norman, and he's seeing everything that's going on, just like the middle linebacker has to set everything up for the line. So it's very important that he does have that communication. Let me ask you this real quick. With Keith Marshall uh, now out for the season, do we now see Matt Jones possibly back in the mix? I don't know. I mean, is, is, is it down to – is it, huh? it is it down to okay? Let's let's put it this scenario. Well, you got Mac Brown too. Exactly. I was, I was about to get to that. So let's say he goes into the preseason, and it seems that he's put his fumbling issues aside. Let's say he, you know, we all know he can run, and yeah. he's physical, and he has talent. If he shows that he's got his uh, fumbling issues under control, yeah, is it down to him and Mac Brown? Because I think you've got. Kelly, you got P. Ryan, you got Thompson. Those three spots are set. Now Marshall is out of the equation. Now down, if you keep four, it's down to those two. Could Jones put himself in a position to possibly beat Mac out? He could. I don't see why not. I mean, if if they if he's but again, I mean, it's a big you know, if. How are we going to know about the the issues? There's still going to be those question marks. I mean, despite well, it, whatever kind of preseason he has. Well, it, you know what? I think it'll show a little something. At least to the, uh, not just to the fan base, but at least to the coaching staff, if he can go through, if, if they give him the snaps, then it's predicated upon do they give him the snaps in the preseason that he can show that because he might yeah. not be given that opportunity. Now, if he is given that opportunity and he puts together some really nice runs and goes through contact without giving up the ball and also doing it in practice because it's not just the games. You know, they, they evaluate everything. If, if he's able to show that ball security throughout camp and into the preseason, he may have an argument. He could. I mean, I think they do like Mac Brown too, though. I don't know. I mean, I, I like I, Mac Brown, but I think if you compare the two, just talent-wise, and and take this fumbling issues, you know, out of the equation, 
I think Matt Jones is more talented than Mac Brown. That's just my personal that. opinion. I, I agree with that. And if he's a fourth guy, then they, you know he's going to be inactive every week anyway. Then there's yeah. a possibility. And if yeah. you, you if you do have a fourth guy who used to be your starter, you know whether he's active or not, you know you have that person you can bring in there. I think Matt Jones was also put in not an impossible situation, but a situation he just wasn't ready for. Yeah. Which, which kind of gives me pause about Kelly because it's almost the exact same situation where you're having a guy he wasn't supposed to be a starter you know going into when he first got here and then going into the second year now he's the guy kelly kind of burst on the scene last year unexpectedly we didn't see him even making you know the 53 now this year he's a projected starter even though you do have p ryan behind him that will push him for snaps but kelly is projected to be the guy to get most of the first and second down yeah. uh, work. Is yeah, he he's going gonna to be that guy. Is he putting it? Is that almost the same unfair situation that we found Jones in last year? I think so. It's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking that because Kelly even said, he goes, look, he goes, last year I was the ninth running back or whatever coming into camp. Right. He goes, they drafted a running back this year. They're going to draft one next year. So he knows that nothing, he takes nothing for granted as well. Still knows he has to prove himself. Uh, and that's why I think that's still a big question mark, that backfield, because he hasn't been just like, you know, when Alfred Morris left and Matt Jones comes in, he was unproven last year. And then all of a sudden he goes from starting to inactive the rest of the year. Kelly, who knows, could be the same exact situation. But that at that case, I don't know if, you know, it's still I guess Jones still is kind of an unknown, although I think they know what they have in him. Matt Brown also. Yeah. You know, we've seen flashes of him. Well, yeah, Max, Max well. has been around. He's it's not like Mac is new yeah. to the system. He just hasn't, you know, been on the fifty-three or given the you know right. opportunity to get that many steps during the regular season. So he's not new. So those guys, you pretty much know what you have. Kelly, they think they know, but you know, you you really yeah. don't know just yet. I don't know. Let me uh, let me jump in here, Georgie, because we only got you for another two and a half minutes. What's going on with Jordan Reed? Uh, well. He went down to see the specialist yesterday in Charlotte, and that was a planned visit. So there's no setback, they said. Uh, I think it's always a little alarming when it comes to Jordan Reed just because of his history. Um, and this toe thing kind of crept up right before camp. Nobody really knew about. Um, so they're hoping it's not bad. It's still day-to-day. And I think we'll, we'll get an update here literally in a minute when if uh, Jay Gruden comes in and talks about the uh, what he saw at the specialist. So I'm going to have to jump off in a minute. But I think that... Uh, they don't think it's serious right now. And the other injuries, you know, Crowder expected to be back to practice tomorrow, resting that hamstring and Sua Cravens as well. But Jordan Reed, they're counting on, so they're going to take it slow. They're not going to rush anything. Yeah, interesting. I mean, uh, you always – I don't mean to look for conspiracy theories and, and they're keeping stuff from us. I don't mean to go down that road. But you always wonder, you know, what's the real story? I know. And as you always wonder about with him, you're right, because of his history and, and – uh, you know, he has missed time over the years, so we'll see. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think it's anything to be alarmed about right now. But then again, you know, I, I don't know. They could be hiding a ton from us because, again, we didn't expect to hear this that he would go on the pup list right before camp either. But he, he has worked out a little bit, hasn't he? Uh, he's done a little on the side, yeah, and then he put some ice on his knee after that. After that, so he, yeah, he's doing a little bit, but he hasn't been cleared for anything yet. Chris Russell said he, I guess he was, I guess he ran some routes off to the side and, and he tweeted out that on Monday he looked pretty smooth. He looked pretty good going through that. I know he's been working off to the side, working out, um, yeah. and he's looked okay. You know, he's, he's looked pretty good. Um, from what I'm hearing, there's no, you know, he's getting a boot on or nothing like that. So, you know, no, he doesn't have that. Yeah. 
I mean, that in itself is a good sign. I mean, I don't want to yeah. hit the panic button until it's time to hit it. But I understand why people do. But the fact of that, course. you know, that people reported like you that it is a planned visit. Yeah. You know, that puts me at ease, you know, because people on Twitter, well, you know, they're ready to jump off the jump Well, off and the that's why yesterday. we made sure we got that <laughs> clarified for you guys. Exactly. Because we know what was going to happen. And All right, I, guys, I'm going to jump. Jay Gruden's about to come to the podium. All, All right, right, George. Thanks a lot, man. George All Wallace, right. we'll live. Talk next week. Yeah, we'll talk to you. And Chris okay. Cheon is coming in to take your place, not yeah. live from yeah. Richmond, but in the studio. All right, so there goes Georgie uh, in Richmond. Um, Jamal, what, what's your summary there of uh, what we heard so far? You know, I, I really, I'm encouraged, you know, by what I've seen so far uh, that's coming out of camp. And I can't wait for next Thursday to really see, you know, guys that we've heard about, Doxon, Pryor, Gillette, uh, actually, you know, how much time that Doxon or, or Gillette will get will they put these guys in bubble wrap, so to say, so to speak, and, and you know, try to preserve them or will they you know let them knock the rust off a little bit you know and, and really get out there but uh last year I want to see going into the preseason I thought and, and Chris let me get your thoughts on this I thought Jay Gruden mishandled the situation in terms of playing time for not only Kirk Cousins but his starters last offseason uh last preseason he had one drive against the Falcons I believe it was a scoring drive. So that, that's standard. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a scoring drive out of your starting offense. You usually rest them. They did not play at all in the second preseason game. Came out in the third preseason game and went almost, I want to say, three, three and a half quarters, very close to the fourth quarter, which is a long time. Mm-hmm. And they looked horrible. <laughs> and when they come out week one against Pittsburgh, that rust was still on them. So I'm wondering in the first game, instead of one series, whether it's a field goal or, or, or a scoring drive, do you give them two or three you know, uh, drives to kind of get going a little bit? Maybe you know, a couple in the second game so they don't look so rusty in the third game because they look the exact same way in week one as they did in week three, especially Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Because he, you could really tell he did not have a rhythm at all. And it went on for about three or four games. Yeah, and I'm speaking as an amateur, but just to jump on what you said, maybe even more reps than that. I mean, really, really work them out during the preseason games. I know they're worried about injuries, but mm-hmm. you can't play scared, you know, and no, you, can't. you can't plan scared. Well, and that's why there's kind of no perfect answer to this because if you're on the field, this isn't the NBA All-Star game where you can kind of go 50% right. and it's all right. You're not you're trying to avoid injury. There's no going 50% of the football field. That's how you get hurt. So I, would I like to see them maybe get a couple of more drives in the first week of the preseason? Yeah, sure. You know, just from a fan standpoint, I'd rather see probably the guys that are going to be playing on Sundays during the fall than uh, the guys that are going to be on the bench. But I I would venture to say that I'm probably on the the train that just let them play in that third game, the simulated game, and kind of just that's that's what we're going to have to deal with. If Kirk Cousins is still coming out rusty in week one, he's had too many years in the NFL now for that to be an excuse. And I think that he's got too much chemistry with the guys not being named Terrell Pryor that I think I would rather not risk injury. Honestly, we've seen the Ravens up north 95 a little bit and the devastating injuries they've already had already. So I'm just going to err on the side of caution well let's 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 think about this kirk has not been a starter his entire career Mm -hmm. so you got to think that 
his first couple of seasons on his team, he's gotten a lot of work during mm-hmm. the preseason. Sure. Now, we didn't see it translate because, of course, he didn't start. But uh, could it be that someone that's used to getting that much work in the preseason as a backup, going to as a starter, he doesn't have that rhythm because he's used to getting a lot more work in the preseason, and he's not getting it. Now, does that correlate a little bit? I mean, it's, it's a bit of a stretch, but I'm just I'm just thinking. Sure, sure. I think if uh, if we want to point to the Pittsburgh game, as you mentioned, him looking a little bit rusty, I, I hate to say that this was a game that the Redskins were going to lose, but I just don't think with that secondary and the Redskins defense, they were going to be able to compete with Pittsburgh anyway. Um, and especially the record of the, the Redskins yeah. in primetime. That's but just not their, on their the wheelhouse. Side, on the flip side of that, if you look at Pittsburgh's secondary and the offense that this team had last year, and the numbers that they eventually put up. I was going to say, they improved. They, they could have put up some more points. I also thought there was a game where Kirk made some, uh, what does Dion like to call them, business decisions, mm. as it were. <laughs> they were a couple times, if you look at replays, he's got some wide open lanes to run. Yeah. And he continues to sit in the pocket. He could have gotten an easy first down, maybe 15, 20 yards downfield and slid. I mean, he's not RG3. He does know how to slide. He's not Jason Campbell. He can slide. So, but, but I noticed that more, on more than one occasion, he chose not to do that, and it's interesting because of you know the he's he's on he's betting on himself. Sure. So I, I just thought that was a little bit interesting during that game, but I, I still think that that Jay Gruden kind of mishandled that. I want to see them give him a little bit more, a couple more reps, not anything where you put them in jeopardy. Because after a while, when teams start to sub their guys. You don't want your starters in there with guys that are fighting for their lives right. and are hungry and do not care who they hit, how they hit them, or where they hit them as long as they hit somebody. And you don't want one of those fringe guys from somebody else who's trying to make a name for themselves be the one to take out your star quarterback. So yeah. I get that part also. Really, really good point. Uh, would you guys like to see Cousins in all four preseason games? No. 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 Not at all. But but more than we saw last just, preseason. Just maybe a drive or two more. Maybe a few a few more snaps is, is all I would like to see. Well, like if we collectively think that he's going to be rolling out of town after uh, the season, uh, I'm fine to see as much Kirk Cousins <laughs> as we can possibly get, I guess. I, I, but I still want him to succeed this season, though. So I, I don't want him out there, you know, because I don't want to see McCoy or Sudfeld during the regular season, whether Cousins is here or not after this year. I still want the team to be successful with him at quarterback, if possible, now and going forward. So I don't want to put him in position to get hurt because there's not really much behind him. Well, as long as he's on the field with Terrell Pryor, too, that is uh, something that I would like to see because Absolutely. I just think oh, that he is a monster. He is a monster, and <laughs> uh, he's making beast. one-handed catches already in the back of the end zone. And he's a guy that has been working out after the practices, doing the yeah. jugs machine, and he's a nice guy to have here. You know, we talk about Kirk Cousins' new pieces. He's really the the, the main centerfold of the new pieces in this offense and you know I, I'm just happy it's Terrell Pryor because again you and I have talked about Jamal numerous times that he has played the position of quarterback yes. so he understands what Kirk's mind is going through when he's making the decisions mm-hmm. so I think that there's a comfort level there where and he can pr- bail him out in yep, certain he situations. can bail him out and they can talk and communicate I know what you were seeing there and I, I just I like the I just can't keep talking enough about how I like the acquisition yeah, of Terrell Pryor. I'm, I'm with you on that but I also think this that the potential, especially what I've seen from Doxson, Doxson is looking like who Scott McLuhan drafted. Yep. 
and he very well is going to leave Scott McLuhan in hindsight looking like a genius when everybody <laughs> got on his back about making that pick. And I think from what you're seeing so far, he's got great body control. He's smooth in his routes. I mean, he made Breland look silly <laughs> as well as Dunbar on, on, on a few uh, catches that I've seen so far. You put those two together, Reed healthy, course Crowder, because I think Crowder's definitely going to eat this season. He's definitely going to get, I think Crowder is creeping towards a thousand yards this year, if not just a, a tad bit over. I think you can have Pryor and Doxon, and I said a couple minutes ago, both over maybe 10 plus touchdowns apiece. Yeah. So I say all that to say this as much as we love D Jacks, as much as we love Garcon, this group right here. If they live up to the potential and Doxon stays healthy and Pryor continues to grow as a wide receiver, we'll probably forget all about them. That yeah, would be amazing, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. We're thinking we're really going to be missing these guys. I don't, I, you know, maybe what, the new I, guys from what I've seen them. so far, I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. And, and, and the way that they're playing the game right now, it's going to be a totally different offense. Because as opposed to, let's, let's put it in basketball terms, when you have a team – that has little short guys, and they play below the rim. That's how we played last year. When you had D-Jax and Garcon, you played below the rim. These guys that they have now, and you throw Davis and Quick and and guys like uh, Mo Harris and all these guys who are over six feet, and maybe Grant, he's six feet, so I guess I'll throw Grant in the mix, even though he's not a go-get-up-and-get-it type of guy. You're playing above the rim now. You're putting the ball up and you're seeing, you remember in Chicago when they had uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall went healthy, they would put the ball up and they would just go snatch it out of there. They would dominate, they would box people out and go up and get it. And that's what I've seen these guys do during, uh, excuse me, during training camp. They've just gone up and gotten the ball. And they've also run good routes. So I don't want to leave that out. Like they're just running out there and jumping. They're actually running good routes. But when the ball is in there, nine times out of ten, they're going to come down with it. Sure. And we didn't have that before. Well, that's a good positive note to end on. But we have a little more time. Anybody Chris, well, going a different in, different direction? You want to get into the defense? A I bit. did because, and you mentioned Bashad Breland. Um, and I'm now reading this from Pro Football Focus. They did a secondary rankings ahead of the season here. And they have the Washington Redskins ranked number 21 out of 32. And I was doing some reading there. I was doing some reading there. And DJ Swearinger, he comes up with a good grade. Josh Norman uh, ranked 20th in the league when it comes to passer rating when targeted against, which obviously isn't great. They really seem to knock on Bashad Breeland here. He has a cover grade of 49.7%. That's ranked 80th. Uh, so that's obviously not as encouraging as I would have liked it. We saw him, you know, blow some coverage at times last year, yeah. but I guess I really didn't think that, you know, I, he would I have had such a bad I, grade. I think last year was a mental thing for Breland. I think Breland really, really came into last season thinking he was going to be the number one guy. He had a very good rookie campaign, and he thought that he was going to be the guy until Norman came in, you know, and kind of. I don't want to say stole his thunder, but maybe in his eyes he did. Mm-hmm. So I guess mentally he had to adjust to the fact that, okay, I'm not going to be the guy this year. I'm not going to be the number one corner. Even though you had number one corner opportunities because you were on Des Bryant and some say, of the number one yeah. receivers. Mm-hmm. So you still had that. I think but that see, I don't get into the pro. F- I mean, I look at those numbers and that's great. But you also have to factor in this. I've heard a lot of good things coming from camp about Kendall Fuller. 
he's looking healthy. He's looking like the guy at Virginia Tech who, if healthy, wouldn't even been there in the third round right. when we took him. So he's looking like another potential steal. So he's going to step up. I asked George earlier about Fabian Moreau. He said he really hasn't paid much attention. But he's another guy that was supposed to be, if not injured, could have been a first-round pick. Sure. So you have guys like that that you throw in. Jerron Hosley, I think it's Jerron, I'm not sure. Hosley from Auburn. I believe they got him in the seventh round. I've heard his name thrown out there a little bit in camp uh, as a slot guy. So there are those intangibles that, you know, those pro football focus numbers don't pick up. They pick up last year. And I understand why they said what they said last year about Breland, because he did have an off year. But I think that he'll bounce back. Norman, who had a good year, but for his standards, for what he did the year before, had a bit of an off year, too. So he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You got Cravens out there who was at linebacker last year, was not at safety. Him teamed up with Swearinger. Hopefully he'll be able to transition back into safety. He did play some of that at USC, so he's familiar with it. But there are some intangibles that I think could galvanize this group, and I don't think that they're going to reflect those numbers from last year. Yeah, and as far as uh, Swearinger, he got the uh, best grade here, and it's Joshua Holsey. I didn't know Holsey. that either, so there yeah. we go. There's a guy to pay attention to. And then Monte to. Nicholson is, is another uh, safety from yep. from Michigan State that they picked up. Um, I haven't heard his name mentioned much, but he is a hitter. You know, he, He's a physical guy. I think the biggest question mark to me, and George and I talked about this a little bit earlier, is up front. Who matches up next to Allen? He mentioned Joey Mobu, and I've heard his name mentioned. Lanier, I've heard Ioannidis' name mentioned. Uh, he looks stronger and more athletic. But, you know, you picked up McLean, you picked up McGee. You don't know what you have there. Ziggy Hood is a rotational guy. You know, what do you think and when, you, when you look at this, this defensive line? Well, I uh, I have to say that over the summer, or a couple of months ago, the old Alabama, he was the old Maryland head coach here for a little bit, who filled in before DJ Durkin got here, um, and now he is the offensive specialist with Alabama. I have to remember his name off the top of my head. Um, Lock, love. Mike Loxley. Loxley. Mike Loxley. So I uh, I ran into him on the plane as I'm leaving Florida, and ah. I sat next to him okay. on well, my own way back. Good information. I, I made sure I sat next to him as soon as I saw him and I asked him I said what is up with Jonathan Allen he goes man I don't know how everybody let him fall to where the Redskins grabbed him because that boy is a beast he's focused he's uh, somebody who's going to come in and work hard I mean he may have just been doing coach speak and speaking about his guy I but I don't think so but it, it sounded so. like it was from the heart and then he yeah. was telling me about how he wishes uh, he was still the guy at Maryland and uh, but <laughs> he, doesn't want to take a, a job at Towson because that would be too much of it because I tried petition him to come to Towson <laughs> ah. and take over for that but that didn't really work uh, out. Uh, a spot at Alabama can, you know, you can, you can, you know, go to much higher lengths from there. But in terms of Jonathan Allen, he's a difference maker that a potential difference maker that we haven't had on this defense, especially the line. Yeah. In, I can't remember when. I would have to go back to Bruce Smith. <laughs> He's not. It, I just did that to upset us a little bit. I wasn't going to go more traditional, actual Redskins people who, who retired and will go to the Hall of Famers Redskins, Charles Mann and, and Dexter Manley, because we haven't had anybody that disruptive and that athletic mm-hmm. and can do. I mean, you can put him inside, you can put him outside, and he can do pretty much anything. Or he had that Superman sack. I don't know if you saw that play. I forgot who they played. Uh, he comes through the line and just takes off 
maybe about five yards away from the quarterback and gets to him. You don't see that from defensive linemen that often who are that athletic. So I think that he could be the guy to really be disruptive up front because we haven't had disruptors. We've had guys for the last couple of seasons, rotational pieces that, you know, every once in a while, Chris Baker was a nice player. I wouldn't necessarily call him disruptive. Yeah. You know, they wanted uh, Potros to be disruptive. Yeah, he wasn't. They wanted Hainsworth to be disruptive, and he was for maybe a play or two here and there, and mm-hmm. then he would take a nap on the side of the field. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy could really be a difference maker. I think Anderson, like they said, once they put the pads on, and J.P. Finley kept saying that he really sets a physical edge, especially when it comes to the run game. He's got he's got abilities in the uh, to rush the passer as well. But then when they say when they put the pads on, I saw they had one on one drills, and I don't know it's not really the Oklahoma drill, just straight up one on one ball carrier yeah, on Saturday. Defender, and they put him and P. Ryan head up against each other. You know how strong and powerful P. Ryan is, and he will run through people. Mm-hmm. Stood him straight up. P. Ryan put his head down, and I thought it was going to be a massive collision. It was, but Ryan Anderson was strong enough to stand him straight up. And if you can stand up P. Ryan as powerful as he is, one-on-one in the hole, you can do that with anybody. Yeah, well, we're talking about some defensive line guys as well. And Stacy McGee uh, acquisition from the Oakland Raiders. I'm looking at some of his stats last year. Only two and a half sacks in nine games started, seven ta- uh, 17 tackles. I wouldn't say necessarily he's probably a guy who's going to go out and rush the passer. But from what I'm reading about him, his intangibles, 341 pounds, six foot three, 27 years old out of Oklahoma. He's a fifth-year guy. I am of the belief, I like that sort of age range, if you will. Uh, guys who are in the upper echelon portion of their 20s who have been in the league a little bit, have figured it out a little bit, have learned to play the game a little bit. Um, so I, I haven't seen him on the field uh, there in Richmond yet because I haven't been down there. But uh, Stacy McGee is somebody that I certainly hope can clog the middle because, I mean, let's just face it, a lot of these teams that the Redskins are going to be playing are going to try and uh, especially a team like, let's say, Philadelphia who you're going to see twice. Now here's one name that I like Garrett Blunt's going to run up that middle. You're going to yeah. Want to clog it and be able yeah. to stop him. Here's one name that we missed, and I just look, I had all this highlighted. Phil Taylor, who is a guy who has been around for a while, has has had some serious. He's actually from the D, from the DC area, has had some serious you know injury history over his career. Was a uh, first round pick, I believe, to Cleveland. Uh, went in the first round a couple years back. Has bounced around to uh, the Ravens and in Denver, but they brought him in actually last year, then brought him back in. And he's a, Phil is a, a, a he's a big dude. He's a massive human Clinton being. Clinton Maryland, I'm reading here, from exactly. a first round pick out of Baylor, right? Massive human being is someone that they're looking at. If he has anything left in the tank, he could possibly be a difference maker up front as well. Even in a, in a rotational, you know, sort of uh, sort of of a position. So I'm, I'm looking at you know it, it's a name and he's been around. But what does Phil have left in the tank? I'm rooting for him. But if he has anything left, then maybe they can use that in a rotational position, you know, that he can come in and, and make some difference, especially in the run game, because they definitely need that. They couldn't stop anybody in the yeah, run game. That was, uh... That's the biggest thing. You have no problem getting to the quarterback, especially with outside linebackers that we have a healthy galette from what I've seen so far, what we've heard out of camp. He looks to be getting his stride back. You know what you get from Kerrigan. Mm -hmm. He's 10 sacks plus every year. Ryan Anderson, Murphy is out for the first four games. 
you got to see if what he did last year was that an asterisk because of the PEDs or whatever he was taking, or was he really, you know, making a step to being a difference maker and does Preston Smith get back to where he was as a rookie because he did dip last year. So you have no problem getting to the quarterback. The question is, along with Allen, who else is up front that's going to disrupt the line and stuff the run? Because you really need that. Really need that. Let's hear it for the defensive disruptors this season for the Redskins. Jamal is on Twitter at DMV Sports 2015. Chris Chion on Twitter at The Big Chi Show. And George Wallace, who was with us from Redskins training camp in Richmond a little earlier, he's at G Wallace, WTOP. The DMV Sports Roundtable. You can find it on iTunes, the Podcast One app, podcastone.com, and WTOP.com. Search podcast. Go Skins. We'll talk to you in week two of training camp. Thanks a lot for listening. I hate it.